Kidman's going to help me with the sermon today, and uh, and anyway, they're uh, they didn't they didn't even know that they're going to be a part of it this morning, and uh, I didn't either until I happened to wander into the loft class upstairs. That's the second, third, and fourth graders. This also reminds me to tell you things are things are really getting exciting now. We're about we're less than thirty days away from from vacation Bible school, VBS. Project Sunshine, we're going to, uh, some of you have seen it online, you've seen the videos, you've seen the links, but for those of you who uh, don't go in for all that silly, funny business online and social media, first of all, God bless you, uh, you're probably a lot healthier mentally than, than, than the rest of us, and uh, it, it, it's, it's another false God, but you also... Um, I will tell you this, uh, at some point, uh, go to a friend's phone or something, and I want you to remember this, westark.org slash VBS 2019. And uh, if I had somebody reliable making slides for me, then I would have had that up there. I'm not criticizing, I'm criticizing myself, you get that? I'm criticizing me, okay? I would have put that up there. I forgot. So anyway, but again, if you don't want to do that, just ask one of us. Uh, Alyssa, raise your hand. You can talk to Alyssa. Rachel, raise your hand. You can talk to Rachel. There you go. There are, there are kidman leaders. Dina, raise your hand. You can talk to Dina. There you go. Okay? And she'll say, hey, go talk to Alyssa. Go talk to Rachel. That's all right. But she'll help you out because maybe you recognize her. And, uh, no, she'll be glad to help you. We all will. But I want you to get involved because the whole reason that I preach and the reason that I uh, know God and, and even know anything about the gospel is because some people put together a vacation Bible school years ago and spent some time on a kid like me. And boy, do we have fun. I guarantee you, we have the most fun VBS anywhere. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge anyone on that. Uh, all right, thank you. Uh, pride and boasting are one of the things we're going to talk about today. The, um, I have to tell you about that. I also have to tell you that uh, today's sermon, we just need to take some encouragement from the Psalms. Uh, we've already looked at Psalm 23, and in a moment I'm going to take you to another psalm that I think is, well, it's one of my favorites if it's not a, a, in the top ten. But the first thing I want to ask you is, some of you will know this, some of you may not be aware of the fact that there was a, once upon a time, the weather was boring, okay? I remember that, uh, you know, that, that you had two flavors, there was hot and there was cold. And hot was red and cold was blue. And that was it. And every once in a while you had some edgy weatherman who would bring out warm and be like, whoa, you know, who is this guy? He's, he's working without a net, you know. He, he's a heretic. We better get rid of him. But it was just hot and cold. Lately I've been noticing on the weather like I did here recently that we're not just in a hot zone we are surrounded by the ring of fire. I'm not making that up. It was actually there. It was like this, this zone, this red zone, surrounded by the ring of fire, uh, protected by the dragon, which the moat of molten lava. I mean, the rest of that's made up. But, um, and when did we go from just having winter to now we have to have a polar vortex? Sounds like something that's going to, uh, suck you down into a hole and you'll never be heard from again. 
You'll be frozen in carbonite for centuries. What, what is going on? When did weather get this exciting? I mean, I know it can be exciting, but not that exciting. Um, it, it, there's a lot of hysteria out there. And yet, yeah, there are real events that happen on earth and in our neighborhood. Um, there's no way Brent could have known when he was putting the songs together that singing about uh, streams of mercy never ceasing would be a bit timely. You know, it's like, you know, we don't want those streams of mercy to cease. But as for those other streams, let's let them cease just a little bit, God. We don't need all of that. Psalm 46, the psalmist knows that the forces of earth can be troubling and upsetting. But there's a word of hope and there's a word of instruction in this. Would you pray with me? Father, give us ears to hear your word and may our hearts receive it. May we take comfort. May we be convicted of your truth. Father, we pray that you will uh, empower us to share this word with one another, with those that we love and with those that we meet along the way, so that they can know that you are our God, our refuge and strength in times of trouble. In Jesus' name. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the ocean roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Take a breath. Now, all that breathing that takes place in this psalm, depending on what you find in your Bible, whatever translation you have, sometimes it's going to say interlude. Sometimes it'll have that strange Hebrew word that we don't know how to translate, selah. Sometimes it says nothing. I opened up my NIV and I was rather disappointed to see that they, they, they got rid of it. Well, there's a reason. But what do you do with it? Selah has always been kind of a, you know, kind of like the little sprig of parsley that used to come on dinner plates. It's like, well, it looks nice, but what do you do with it? I think you know what to do with it now. I mean, you take a breath. You just wait. You pause. 
because something else is going to be said, but also it's all leading up to something. We come into this psalm in Psalm 46 in times of trouble. The front gate of this psalm is times of trouble. And it it starts with a statement that our God is our strength. He is our refuge, our ever-present help in trouble. You know, um, when we think of God being our strength, we might think of God sustaining us during hard times. We might think of God giving us the power to overcome something that we don't have ourselves. And sometimes we see that strength as a booster, as something that, that we have to borrow for a little while, like it's the spiritual shot of adrenaline, or it's a spiritual steroid that we take so that we can uh, get stronger and perform right when we need it. But it's more than just that. It's a constant, everyday sustaining force that gives us strength where we think we have nothing but weakness. And he also says that God, along with that strength, is our refuge. Now, there may only be a few of us in this audience who really understand what it means to be a refugee. Or maybe a few of us have met refugees. And I don't know, you know, what we think of when we think of of refugees. There have been refugees that have come to live in our neighborhood over the last few decades. Some of them can tell us the experience of being a refugee. We hear that word a lot. It shows up a lot in the news. Sometimes we just think, well, that's the poor people that need help. But when you are a refugee, the, the actual use of that term, it means that you are looking for a place of safety and protection. You have lost things. You have lost safety. You have lost home. You have lost the things that you depend on. And you are looking for refuge. It's just as well to call refugees refuge seekers. And in a way, if we think of it like that, all of us at some point are seeking refuge. Things happen to us in this world that cause us to need refuge. And the psalmist says, well, that's God. He's ever-present. Sometimes we're not convinced of that. We need a psalm like this to remind us of that. Here's where the kids in the loft class are are, going to help me out. Okay, so where's that magic uh, bottle that I got here? Is it? Yep, yep, okay. Is that mine? Do I get to use that one? No, that's yours. You get to use that one. All right. So do you want me to use use yours, Melton? Okay. All right. So now is it good and unseparate or separated? Is it? Yeah, see? Everybody can kind of see. These guys, if they're right around here, you can see what they've got. You guys can hold them up. They're two colors. And what they've done is they've taken a bottle and they've mixed in like... Uh, some sort of water with food coloring in it, and then um, uh, oil, like is it olive oil, is it Wesson oil, is it, is it castor oil? It's not motor oil, it's not dark enough for motor oil. Mm, if I get thirsty later, i got a drink here. But anyway, you see that it's like, you know, it's, it's all separated out right there and everything. Two different types of fluid in this bottle. 
And I can look at that, and if the oil is God, I can say, aha, here I am down here in the darkness of trouble, but God's right there, and I can see it clearly. But most days, our experience is that the things come along in this world that mix everything up, and all we see is just a big blob of life. Now here's a question, and you guys know the answer to this. Let's see if the adults can get it. That oil's still in here, isn't it? It didn't disappear. It's still in there. It didn't go away. And in time, we'll let this bottle separate out. And you'll be able to see it again. You'll be able to see it when all of that gets still. See, God is ever-present, even in the mix and the storm and the and the trouble of this world. And we may not be able to see it because everything's just been shaken up. But it's, he's still there. He's ever present. Not present most of the time. Not open and available during normal operating business hours. No, ever present is our God, our refuge and strength in times of trouble. The other thing that's said is, is that God has a city. Now, you may wonder, what's going on here? We're talking about all this nice stuff, refuge and strength, ever-present help. And then all of a sudden, we take a, a breath and we go to this city, this city that has a river running right down the middle of it. That's getting a little close to home right now. And, uh, and, and that river brings joy to the inhabitants of that city. Our river's not doing a lot of that, other than those kids that are catching those catfish. I love that because that's, that's turning adversity into opportunity. Go get your catfish now, okay? And uh, shoot a few snakes, all right? And uh, for the animal lovers out there, I'm not responsible. Okay, the, anyway, the, um, you know, here's the thing, though. That city is the dwelling place of God. Now, for the psalmist reading that psalm in its original context, that would surely be Jerusalem. That God's address was in Jerusalem. If you wanted to send mail to God, you sent it to the temple in Jerusalem, care of God. That's where everything was. You went there to that temple. Solomon said, we're going to put your name over here on the uh, front door, God. You're going to dwell here. But even when that city was destroyed, God wasn't destroyed. God is mobile. He can go wherever he wants. The city that God still dwells in is the city that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, a city that is set up on a hill cannot be hidden. And that's us. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You, the kingdom of God. You, a city set on a hill, can't be hidden. You're visible. That's God dwelling in us. Folks, I've seen the church in action this last week. It's been a tough week in many ways. We had had tornadoes and power outages. Even if it wasn't tough, and I know it can be far worse, a lot of it is just downright annoying, which can make it really tough. But then there's other things that have happened to people. Real, bona fide tragedies and losses and hurt. Some of them we know about, some of them we don't know about. But God is dwelling in that city, which looks like us. And there's no 
organization that we had to work through or some official act of government that we had to do. No, you know, you didn't wait around for, uh, uh, you know, the, the wrong reverend Pastor Benjamin to tell you to go take care of your neighbors. You just did it. Why? Yeah, I'm, I'm not the right reverend. I'm the wrong reverend. It's because the Spirit of God works in you. He dwells in you. And I am so encouraged to see hundreds of people living out the love of Jesus, acting like Christ. That's the city set on a hill. It's where the Most High dwells. Keep it up. This word, Selah, I'm in favor of keeping it in there. Not simply because that's the original text or the way the Bible was written. I, I, I mean, that's all good. But I'm in, I, I, just because we don't know exactly what to do with it doesn't mean that we should sort of, you know, put it over here in the footnotes and say, here's a word that we don't know how to translate. You know, it's really there to get us to stop and listen, to take our time so that we don't rush through the text And grab what we want out of it. Psalm 46 is not fast food. It's the bread of life. And he wants us to stop and breathe. Because he's leading up to another point. The big point where God breaks into this psalm. And speaks in his own voice and says, be still. Be still. Settle down. That in the midst of all of this. If we settle down, if we become still, then we start to notice that where God wasn't visible in all the turmoil, he starts to show up again. It's not that he wasn't there, it's just that we weren't paying attention. And so sometimes what we have to do is we have to stop and do what the psalmist says. And right there in the song, we all stop and breathe. Sometimes we're going to rush to action. We're going to get things done. We're going to do something. And then later on, we'll tell God what we did and he'll sprinkle a blessing on it. Or sometimes we're going to get so frantic that we're just going to freeze and we're not going to do anything. And the word of the psalmist is, just stop and breathe. Why? So that you will be still and know that I am God. Folks, it's not just the weather that becomes artificially exciting these days with rings of fire and polar vortexes. Your news of the world has done the same thing. Oh, I know there's serious stuff going on in the world, and I know there's serious stuff going on in our nation and even in our communities. And whether that news travels on social media or on the networks, I don't know what network you prefer, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, GNN. You know about GNN, don't you? That's the Gossip News Network. It's there. You have to to tune into the channel very carefully. But however we spread the news, what it does is it tends to get us all excited and worried. And some people have an agenda that they want to keep you worried and excited. 
that all the talk of war and politics is telling us that if we don't do something right now, then this country is going someplace bad in a handbasket. I don't know why things go there in a handbasket. That concerns me more than the things that people say. Love to know the origin of that phrase. But the thing is, in the midst of all that, what we need to hear is, be still. Know that I am God and listen to what God says. God himself. I will be exalted among the nations. But God, if we don't pick the right party, if we don't take the right action, if our military doesn't show up in the right place, if, if, if we don't give support to the right people, then everybody's going to forget about you. Calm down. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. But Lord, if we don't fix this broken earth, if we don't do something about it, if we don't create the weather machine that makes everything all right, if, if we don't stop using plastic straws, then, then everything's going to fall apart tomorrow. God says, I will be exalted in the earth. You just be still and know that I'm God. Just breathe. God is there, church. Let's be still and know that he is God. Would you pray with me? Father, I ask that you would bring us peace and calm in the midst of our overly excited lives. And even in the midst of real fear and in the midst of sorrow and sadness, Father, Give us your spirit. Let us breathe in your spirit so that we may comfort one another. But more importantly, we can dwell in your comforting spirit. And doing that will be seen and your name will be glorified in the earth and among the nations. The nations that are filled with chaos. Everything that's in an uproar. Father, we praise you for being our refuge and strength in every time of trouble. And Father, most of all, we thank you for never abandoning us, even when we feel like you have. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm not really sure what that river is that flows through the city of God. There's a lot of different ways to interpret that. But I'll tell you what I think. The New Testament sees it as. It's the river in which Jesus was baptized. That Jesus is baptized in the river, in living water. And for generations of Christians ever after that moment, when they were baptized, often in a river, sometimes it was in a pool, sometimes, but it was usually in a river. That just made sense. They felt like they were connecting to that life-giving stream that comes from Jesus. Now they know that it wasn't the H2O that flowed through that particular river, but they knew that it was the connection to Jesus who was obedient, and the Father, Son, and the Spirit all came out at the same moment. The Father saying, this is my Son in whom I'm pleased, and the Spirit descending on him. That's the city that makes us glad. And I want to tell you that Jesus invites you to participate in that life.
life in that city, fed and watered by that stream, that stream of obedience and joy and mercy. We're going to sing this song. There's going to be a, a few of our shepherds up here. Maybe your need today is to be baptized. Maybe your need is to, to lean on, on God, just to be still for a moment and have somebody pray with you. I, I just want you to know that we're not going to process this and be you know, exceedingly formal about the whole thing, but we want to just honestly tell you how much God loves you and it is appropriate for you to respond. Won't you let us know? Let's stand together. Let's sing. Lord, I cannot live without Thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot bear the love of life unaided. I need Thy strength to lead myself upon me. seated. This is the kind of good news that you want to happen today. Uh, Delaney Childers has said that she wants to be baptized today, and so we're very happy about that, and I know that she studied with her parents, and, and she's going to keep uh, growing into that. So I tell you what, Childers family, if you'll make your way up to the baptistry and uh, get ready for this, and let me know if I'm forgetting anything. Meanwhile, we're going to get ready for this. So, all right, Delaney, this is good news. Thank you for your trust in Jesus. Um, so, you know, let me say to my Kidmen's own friends and to everybody else and maybe any guests that are out there, this is the kind of obedience that we're talking about. And I've seen people baptized at all sorts of ages, as long as they're young enough, or young enough, as long as they're old enough to understand 
that Jesus Christ is their Savior and He is who He said He is, the Son of God, then that's where you start. And some people, you know, they put on Christ. The clothing might be a bit large, but they've got room to grow in it. And um, some people, it, it, it takes a little while, but they finally fit into that suit. Um, just as long as you are baptized into Christ in obedience to him, that's what counts. And then you live it out from there. And, and when we live it out, that's not, that's not a lack of grace or mercy. That's living out the new life we've been talking about for weeks now. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate this baptism this morning. They're going to get ready uh, here in just a moment. And, um, and I guess, what, what song should we sing, Brent? Brent's going to have a song or two. This is a celebration moment. Uh, I want you to stick around and encourage Delaney. After the baptism, Ron Belot is going to send us out in prayer. But he has some announcements before, uh, before he does that. And I want you to stick around and listen to these announcements because these have to do with ways that we can help people uh, who've been affected by the storms. Okay, so. All right, let's Uh-oh. see. Yeah.